Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Yes, if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you probably know that I enjoy running as one of my forms of exercise, many different things I do, but that is up there with my favorite for many reasons, including, yes, I am biomechanically, genetically predisposed to to be better at it than swimming, (laughs) other sports like that. Uh, I have definitely put in the years, and I was not someone who as I say, came out of the womb running. I remember vividly when a 5K race scared the heck out of me. And yes, I was on the bench almost my entire adolescence with shin splints and other running-related issues. Ankles, got them taped constantly before soccer games and practices and football way back in the day. So I had many issues. but. As with everybody that I have dealt with over the years as a trainer and a coach and and speaking with, you know, we all have the issues. We work through them. We figure them out, right, when it comes to just about everything with with our bodies. And that holds true with running. But at 52, I am doing it just as much, if not, well just as much as as ever before. And I've done it a lot. I've done it all over the world from marathons to ultra marathons to Ironman triathlons. Love it. Love being able to lace up my shoes and go out for a run. 
and written books about it from the Marathon Method to, you know, 12-week triathlete books. And it is just one of the simplest, most natural forms of exercise. And, and what drives me crazy are these doctors who just right out of the gate, if someone has a running-related issue, what do they say? Don't run. You know, I was thinking about this the other day with COVID and all the insanity that's going on right now with vaccines and you, know, you think of Darwin and everything. You know, if, if we couldn't run back in the day, y- you didn't live. If you couldn't outrun, you know, uh, potential enemy, <laughs> uh, animal, running is really important. Now, that doesn't mean that the vast majority of people are going to run a marathon or a half marathon for that matter. But when I was coaching and, and as a trainer, I wanted just about everyone, regardless of age, fitness level goals, to be able to run three miles if they wanted to. Not fast, but, but pain and injury-free, pain-free, and without likelihood of injury. Because that's what our bodies are supposed to do, people. And so running, something I care deeply about, something I will be doing until I can't, and that is my goal is to do it till the day I die. To make sure that I work on my weak links so that I can run. And that's why I say when I was training clients and we would be starting out and figuring out what their plan was, their goals, all the things like that, quite often, not always, but quite often, we would go for a run at some point in our training. And inevitably, that person would say, my hip hurts, my knee hurts, my shin hurts. This is tight. That is tight. It illuminates our weaknesses. Running is one of the greatest tools to just illuminate and shed light on what we need to work on. And instead of doctors taking the approach, well, just avoid it. No, let's fix it. Let's fix it. So today's show is about the number one way to improve. And if you have listened to my shows, you probably know where I'll end up with this. But I have sat through so many lectures on everything I'm going to talk about, read so many studies, and and pounded so many miles all over the world. So I have a little bit of experience in this arena and with this topic. But as with just about every one of my topics, it comes down to the simple. It comes down to common sense. It comes down to exercise science. And all of the other things is just noise. All of the other things are great ways to sell you products and programs and things like that based on, as always, shoddy science, twisting the science, and often just trying to make a dollar. All right, quick break. When we come back, going to get right into it. The number one way to improve your running and why. And this is going to save you time. It's going to save you money. And it goes for all of you out there from the recreational to the competitive. And those of you who just say, you know what? I'd like to be able to go out for a run if I want to. Because that's kind of what we should be trying to do with our health and wellness. Keep our bodies able to do what they evolved to do because we truly were born to run quick break we'll be right back
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Yes, I love running and like everything else in exercise and nutrition, I don't like it when I see the charlatans. I see the uneducated, the inexperienced telling you what you should do when it comes to running. Now, so much to talk about here, but I am going to keep it tidy and I will flesh out many of these specifics in future podcast because today's just about number one way for those of you who are like, you know what? I run, I want to start running or I am running, or maybe you are super competitive or getting there and you want to know how you improve. And we're going to go to the, to the science and then I'll back up and give you other ways. But the number one way will always be the number one way, whether you like it or not, you can always fight with that. And here's the thing. It's rarely the sexy solution. The sexy solution is what you pay a lot of money for that doesn't work long-term. It goes for exercise and it goes for nutrition. Now, let me back up a little bit. Many years ago, when I was coaching clients for many different things, went out for a run with a client who was going to do some half marathons and ultimately a marathon. And she was actually doing triathlons in there as well. But we went out for a run and we had run a couple times before. And on this particular run, we were not, you know, a couple hundred yards into the run when I just couldn't believe the way she was running. Something was totally different. She was running totally differently than she had in the past. 
And I let it go on for a few minutes. And I finally said and asked, what are you doing? What happened? Why are you running like that? And she said, oh, I went to a camp, did a weekend camp with a certain running person. Again, doesn't matter. And this is what I was told to do. And it was so unnatural. It was so bizarre. And in the end, what she was doing was completely overthinking her running technique. We were born to run. You know, back when we were running evolutionary discussion, there were no running coaches. You ran. And our bodies are really smart machines. And they are all different. And that gets into exactly what I will be getting to. Really smart machines, but yet they're all different. Different femur lengths, different muscular strengths and weaknesses, different heights, different everything. The way our feet fall, forefoot, midfoot, rear foot strike, or we could talk about and we'll talk about that. Pronate, supinate, the way your foot rolls. So many things. So many things. And I said to her, please stop. (laughs) Just run. Stop thinking about it and just run. And over the years, I have had so many offers to make money critiquing, coaching people to become better runners, to coach running for. Well, you truly can't do it visually. You truly can't do it visually. Now, I know that there are so many social media accounts now, see them daily. These great Instagram ones where here they show a runner and they've got, you know, the lines drawn and slow motion. Look how this person's running. And then look at this little tweak the person makes. And now they're running perfectly. Oh, really? How do you know that? How do you know that that form leaning forward, the way the foot's hitting, the arm swing, all those things. How do you know that that is the best for that person? Because it fits those certain categories of forefoot striking and body lean and things like that. Well, there's an incredible, incredible amount of variation in running form and performance. And I often say to you, we go to the extremes. That's my job physically to learn from my body and my experiences because, yes, I'm going to walk the walk in this industry as well as have the education and experience with that. And so one of the perfect extremes is a woman named Yuka Ando, and she's a Japanese runner. And I remember seeing a picture of her many years ago. And the way she runs totally violates all of the running coaching tips for the most part, but one it's specifically. Yet, guess what? For the marathon, fastest ever marathon debut, two hours, 21 minutes, 36 seconds. I'm going to get back to her, though. So when we're talking about running and the the number one way or the best ways to improve improve your running, there's basically three primary, there are more, but three primary things we're talking about. Is it what you wear? 
And specifically, that would be shoes. Is it the shoes? Is there a best shoe? Is it the most expensive shoe? Separate podcast. (laughs) Separate podcast. Such a great topic. And again, I've sat through so many seminars, lectures, American Medical Athletic Association, the best of the best, talking and debating this, especially the second one. So is it what you use? You know, the type of shoes? And that goes into how you run. So the technique. And many of these shoes are supposedly going to improve your technique. And that goes to the forefoot, midfoot, rear foot strike. And I would argue I sat through the greatest debate on this topic years ago at the American Medical Athletic Association seminar at the Marine Corps Marathon. And I'm not going to tell you who yet because I really want to get them on to recreate this because it was fantastic. One was for and one was against the midfoot, or I'm sorry, the forefoot striking and the shoes that supposedly got you there. And I will give you one of the most amazing takeaways from the debate. The person who was saying that you should run this way and there was a shoe company involved. Long story short, the person who was saying you pretty much can't necessarily change someone's foot strike, especially with a shoe in his presentation showed the person pushing the shoe and the way to land, running, landing on his heels in a race. So the shoe can't do it. Or can it? We can have that debate. Not today. So is it the shoes? Is it how the shoe helps you to land? Or should you change your technique regardless of shoe? And then the third one, huge now, is all the fitness technology involved. Literally have power meters now for your shoe. And your smartwatch can monitor, gauge, measure everything. So do we need to do a deep dive into all of those numbers to improve your running? VO2 max, AT, heart rates, heart rates. Do we need to be, you know, running with five, six, seven different heart rate zones? Is that what's going to make us better runners? Is it the shoes? Is it the way we run? Is it the technique? And is it the technology? And within those camps, you've got barefoot running, scribble down a couple notes over the years of a lot of experience with these topics and people. Chi running was quoted in an article many years ago. Some of you may be familiar with that technique. There's the pose method. Now we're getting into the forefoot striking. But back to Yuka Ando, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Japanese runner, female, 221.36, two hours, 21 minutes. They call her style of running ninja running. Why? She runs with her arms almost perfectly straight. Holds both arms straight down with almost no movement. So not only are they not bent 90 degrees, common running tip, form, coaching, pay a lot of money for that. Swing front to back, right? Nope. Arms straight down, almost no movement. They call this ninja running for her. My point is this, and I said it earlier, we're all different. We all have different biomechanics. We get into that a little bit more specifically, but not much. We're we're all different. We all run differently. And you can look at different sports, by the way. Look at swimming. All of these sports that require different techniques, in the end, it's about the outcome, right? So 
You could take that woman, Yuka Ando, and change her running form. My guess is you'd slow her down. If you looked at the way she runs and just looked at that and tried to change it, that's probably not going to work for her. Still going to hold off on the number one way to improve your running. But some of you, if you know me, you know where I'm going to get to. So when people ask me to take their money, to critique their running form, to coach them, watch them, no. I'm not going to sit there and say, here, you should do this or should do that, because that is not the scientific way. What is the scientific way? Here's a study. Kind of helps us get there. All right. What we're talking about here is running economy. Okay. Running economy. And great study that I pulled just to kind of start this conversation with you is titled Running Economy Measurement Norms and Determining Factors. This was March 2015. Running economy, basically the amount of energy you use to go at a certain speed. The greater, the better your running economy, the faster you're going to run. You use less energy. Your heart rate is lower at any given speed, right? You're a more efficient runner. You utilize energy. You run faster. I'm just going to keep it that simple for you. Give you the more specific, complex definition and just the difference in why we are all different. It is evident, this is from the study, it is evident that running economy is a complex, multifactorial concept that reflects the integrated composite of a variety of metabolic, cardiorespiratory, biomechanical, and neuromuscular characteristics that are unique to the individual. Perfect line. It depends. How many times on this show do I say it depends? And it depends doesn't mean there's not an answer. It depends doesn't mean you can't get better. It depends means I'm going to help you stop wasting your time and your money listening to people who are trying to change something you are doing that probably isn't for everybody. Okay? And let me just read you a little bit more. Go a little bit deeper, right? But let me read you that one more time. It is evident that running economy is a complex multifactorial concept that reflects the integrated composite of a variety of metabolic, cardiorespiratory, biomechanical, and neuromuscular characteristics that are unique to the individual. A lot of things are coming together. A lot of things are coming together. It goes on. Metabolic efficiency refers to the utilization of available energy to facilitate optimal performance. Okay, now we can get into like fat burning, keto. Why? Probably keto is not the best thing for endurance athletes. Again, debate, but the science pretty darn strong on, on that side. We'll leave it at that. It goes on here, though. Whereas cardiopulmonary efficiency refers to a reduced work output for the process related to oxygen transport and utilization. Biomechanical and neuromuscular characteristics refer to the interaction between the neural and musculoskeletal systems and their ability to convert power output into translocation and therefore performance. Super complicated for most, but there's a lot going on. That's what I want you to understand. A lot going on of the numerous metabolic, cardiopulmonary, biomechanical, and neuromuscular characteristics contributing to RE. Many of these are able to adapt, here we go, through training or other interventions resulting in improved running economy. Gave away the answer there, but I'm going to 
hold off on going more specific. So how do you measure and express running economy? The standard approach, still reading from this study here, standard approach to quantifying running economy improves measuring VO2 while running on a treadmill. Here we go, people. At various constant speeds for a duration long enough to achieve physiological steady state. Typically, durations of three to five minutes have been used in studies if the speed is below the ventilatory lactate threshold, since above this intensity, a slow component of VO2 is evident. Often, the steady state condition is verified by considering other physiological parameters, such as verifying that blood lactate concentration are similar to baseline levels and the respiratory exchange ratio is less than one. All right, we're going to have a final break coming up. But what this is all about, what this is saying is I could take your money by looking at the way you run. And I could tell you, yeah, you should probably swing your arms like this and you should probably relax your shoulders. I'm going to give you those common coaching tips, but it depends. And so what I just read to you is if you truly want to know your running economy and know slowly where to maybe make improvements, but to know your running economy, you have to go into a lab. I'm getting ready to do this again. Haven't done this in a long stretch and love it and bringing a friend as well. And I used to bring clients who really wanted this stuff, who were trying to compete at a higher level. We go get tested is the point. You can't see it. You need to strap on a mask and have the gases that come out of your mouth, essentially, examined. And as this last paragraph just explained, and I did this as well, you stop periodically and have blood drawn quickly, a little pin prick in your finger, and they're measuring lactate levels. So it's more than just a visual, and it's different for everybody. But there's good news, as every single one of my podcasts gets to, you can still make incredible improvements. But again, I'm going to save you the time and the money wasting it on programs and products that probably won't get you there. Okay? Second level, third level stuff at best, and most often changing what your body is naturally made to do. All right, final break. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Talking about the number one way to improve your running. Still have yet to get there. She's pretty good for me. I've alluded to it. Danced around it. But let me read you one more paragraph. One final paragraph from that study. Biomechanics and running economy. God, I love this stuff. Love it. I'm absolutely doing the job I was born to do. We are born to run, and I was born to, to have this career. All right? Running involves the conversion of muscular forces translocated through complex movement patterns that utilize all the major muscles and joints in the body. Current evidence suggests that a variety of biomechanical characteristics are likely to contribute to running economy. These include a variety of anthropometric, <laughs> I need more coffee before I start reading this stuff, anthropometric dimensions, select gait patterns, and kinematic and kinetic factors that have been shown to affect biomechanical efficiency and relate to better running economy. What does that mean? It means everything in your body is going to make a specific um, best way of running for you. How's that for simplifying something that's just saying we're different. The muscles, the strengths, the bone lengths, your, your lever lengths, your flexibility, so many different factors coming into play. So we can't possibly all run the exact same way. But as I said earlier, yes, what are the common things when you're being coached? You'll read these in articles. Generally speaking, you're not going to run like that Japanese woman. More people than not that aren't are going to swing their arms front to back. We're moving forward, okay? But those angles, the amount, that's going to be different for everyone. And when you study the runners from Kenya and specific runners like that, especially the females, but males as well, what you will often see is they carry their hands really high. So some are swinging at 90 degrees, some the angle of arm carriage, it's, you know, it's different, larger and smaller. It changes depending on the person. Now, another common coaching tip, you know, relax your shoulders, keep them down. Don't land with a real heavy foot strike. I love that. And I will explain that to people if I'm running with a client. I used, my dad used to run, you know, still runs really heavy. So sometimes when you say to a client, person you're running with, hey, try to land lighter. They're like not even aware. But when you get fatigued, what happens? You generally have a, a heavier foot strike. Probably don't want a, a major heel strike for most people, but even there, you're going to get into some tricky biomechanics. And at the end of the day, I would say to people, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Have you ever had someone tell you you walk funny? What happens? It's a great example. You start to overthink it. And then you start to walk differently. You could even go to the extremes of like Chuck Knobloch back in the day throwing a baseball something that becomes mechanical and you with no thought involved getting into some real fun areas of exercise science and 
motor learning and things like that. We want our bodies to do what they are naturally, biomechanically made to do. So how do we get there? You go, okay, Tom, you keep, you keep talking about it. What's the answer? It's that we run. And I know that that's like, you're like, are you kidding me? That's the, yeah. Yeah. The more miles you log, the more experience you get, the smarter your body is, and the more it adapts. Your body doesn't want to waste energy. So if you're doing crazy arm swings, bouncing up and down, listen, I have a sister-in-law that she bounces when she runs. Do I change that? No. Is she a marathon runner? No. For three miles? Fine. And, and guess what? Let me go to, let me go to this kind of side note that you wouldn't expect. The less efficient you are, the more calories you burn, people. So <laughs> that's why when I swim, I burn more calories than someone who's a better swimmer than I, because I'm wasting energy. This goes to running economy. So if weight loss is your goal, <laughs> how's this for, for an answer? Don't go to a running coach. Because you're going to become more efficient, you're going to burn fewer calories. When's the last time you heard someone tell you that? That's science, though, people. But the more you run, the more efficient you will get, the better you get at that. You cannot rush that process. You cannot see that process for the most part. You can't have a coach say, hey, you know what? I'm going to change this and this, you know, for you. If you don't get out and run and log the miles on the treadmill on the road, those improvements aren't going to happen. I don't care what shoes you wear. I don't care what fitness tech you use. I don't care what your foot strike is. At the end of the day, to abuse that phrase, it's time in the saddle. It's time on the road. Time in the saddle for biking. Time in the pool for swimming. And yes, time on the road or the treadmill for running. Here's final study. World-class long-distance running performances are best predicted by volume of easy runs and deliberate practice of short interval and tempo runs. By the way, love that I did a podcast on deliberate practice and someone reached out through Instagram, I think it was, and they had just set a PR and they talked and thanked me for the podcast and reminding them or teaching them about deliberate practice. So I'm going to read you this abstract real quickly and I'm going to give you a little bit more specific stuff. If you're a runner and you're like, okay, Tom, I'm starting to log the miles. I want a little bit more. I'll give you that. So the abstract, and by the way, this was one of my favorite journals to quote from, Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research, April 2019. The aim of this novel study was to analyze the effect of deliberate practice and easy continuous runs completed by elite standard and world-class long-distance runners on competitive performances during the first seven years of their sports careers. 85 male runners reported their best times in different running events and the amounts of different DP activities, tempo runs, and short and long interval sessions, and one non-DP activity, easy runs, after three, five, and seven years of systematic training. So they did a bunch of calculations you don't need to know about, blah, blah, blah. The correlations showed consistently large effects on performances of, drumroll please, total distance. Total distance, how many miles you log, then easy runs, tempo runs, and short interval training. Long interval training was not strongly correlated. What does that mean? Said this so many times before. Intervals should be short and hard for the most part. Tempos, that's different. But high intensity interval training by definition are short intervals with longer periods of rest, okay? But I digress. Uh, total distance accounted for significant variance in performance of the training modes 
hierarchical regression analysis showed that easy runs and tempo runs were the activities that accounted for significant variance in performance. Uh, In the final sentence, here we go. It's all you need to know. Although DP activities, particularly tempo runs and short interval training, are important for improving performance, coaches should note, here here you go, that the non-DP activity of easy running was crucial to better performances, partly because of its contribution to total distance run. So there you go. There's the takeaway. As a coach, one of the hardest things to do was to program the beginner, especially or intermediate athlete who wanted so much specificity, wanted to use so much heart rate zone stuff and go hard and go to the track and do all of this specific training. What does this say again? The activity of easy running was crucial to better performance, partly because of its contribution to total distance run. Miles at a low intensity. Matt Fitzgerald, 80-20. 80% of your training should be at an easy intensity. 20% hard. If you're doing more than 20%, you're really not doing it hard enough, as I say frequently. Intervals are too long. But I love that. So, the horrible yet honest scientific answer, if you want to become a better runner, get out and run. And enjoy it and do all the things that I've given you on prior podcasts to help you enjoy it, to get you out more frequently, music, partners, things like that. And then over time, we're going to get specific. Okay? So if you are running, let's go specific, three to four times a week for most people. Now, if you're super competitive, you're going to run more frequently than that. You know, elite runners do two a days, most days. Crazy amount of miles. That's how you log 100 plus miles per week. Most of you, not even close. So my three runs, and I've given you podcasts on this already. Hills, long, slow distance that they're talking about, and then speed work. And that fourth one that's elusive to most is that tempo run. So if you're running three times a week, First of all, if you're just starting out, I already said it. I just want you to run. I don't care. I don't want you to care about hills or speed or even, you know, yeah, the tempo at which you're running. You're just going to get out and start to log the miles. That's where the body adapts. You're going to give your body time to build that strength, to learn, to start to stop wasting energy and become more efficient. Then after a month or two or three, depending on your goals and the level at which you started, Then you start to get specific. You know, when I design plans, and I still do this occasionally for certain clients, I just designed a training plan for a woman turning 60, client from the past, and it's a six, seven-month training plan for running, for marathon training. First couple months, there's no specificity. It's just distance, just putting that time and getting back into running shape. You can't do too much speed work too soon. But that's my specific breakdown personally. It's what I do. Hills, running hills, hill-specific workout one day per week. Speed workout, which I don't like. I'm going to get to this shortly. Finish up with that. But some, some interval training. I love my long, slow distance days. I love going long. Slow, sweaty summer runs. And then finally, a tempo workout. That's where you go easy. Then you go moderately hard for an extended period of time, and then you bring it back down. Simple explanation for the vast majority of people. All right. 
Now, here's things that you can also do. You're going to tell me you're leaving out so many things. You don't know what you're talking about. Yes, strength training improves your running. Running drills improves your running. Plyometric training improves your running. Cross training improves your running. All of them. And I've talked about these in past podcasts and will continue to in the future. But you know what the major takeaway? Do you know why all four of those truly make you a better runner? Because they allow you to run. Now, yes, I can get into and will and have the the specifics of like plyometrics and how that improves running economy. But at the end of the day, to abuse that phrase one final time, all of these things, strength training, running drills, plyometrics, cross training, keeps you healthy enough so that you can go log more miles. If you are injured, you can't run. If you can't run, you can't get better. I don't care what shoes you wear. I don't care what watch you you wear. I don't care what your specific workouts are. If you're hurt, you can't do it. So yes, there are physiological adaptations that all of those things do to help you uh, to improve your running economy and make you a better runner. But at the uh, most extreme benefit, the most extreme benefit is to allow you to continue to run more miles. And so there you have it. You want to be a better runner? Figure out how many days a week you want to run, make it fun for yourself, and get out there and do it. And as I said, so many of you have those couple extra pounds or more to lose. And so be excited that you're not good at it yet because you're going to burn more calories. Then you're going to get a little better. You're going to, you know, be better. You're going to burn fewer calories. You're going to weigh less. You're going to burn fewer calories. That's when you get into more specifics. That's when it now is time to do hills. And then it's time to do speed training. And let me leave you with this. I'm not a fan of going to the track. I'm not a big fan. I'm long, slow distance. I love endurance. But if you want to get better, as you know, I learned many years ago when I started to be competitive, you got to go faster. But you can also use your weekend races for that. So if you're a runner, someone who is listening and wants to get better and do those kind of things, now we're talking about 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, using those races as your tempo runs. And one of the easiest ways to do this and giving this to clients, and I do this myself, let's say you're doing a 5K race. You may get there a couple minutes early, 10, 15, you run easy to warm up, you run the race, and then you run 10 or 15 easy to cool down. That race is your tempo run. And the competition and running with people is going to make it easier than if you tried to go out and do that on your own. Yes, professional runners, very uh, motivated runners can do that. But the vast majority of you, myself included, I know if I sign up for a half marathon, I am going to run at a pace that I would not do or enjoy half as much if I went out and tried to do it on my own. So there you have it. You know, when I put these shows together, (laughs) I understand what I'm going to get to is not the sexy answer, but it's the right answer. I can tell you what you want to hear. I could sell you some crazy running technique and yeah, you got to drink this thing before and it's not what works. It's not what works. The best cardio for you to lose weight is what you do consistently. All of these truths are truths. It's a long-term approach. 
And if you're hurt, you're not going to become a better runner. So you need to cross train. You need to start slowly. You need to not overthink it. Don't worry about the numbers. Get out there. And the number that matters is how many times per week you got your runs in. And I, I, I even want that number, the number of times you ran, is more important than how far. That strength will build up. The longer runs will come. You will get faster over time, if that's your goal. And just running will do that. You don't have to overthink it. The body's really smart. There were no running coaches back in caveman days. And we were meant to run or we ran into problems. Love this topic. Enough. You got it. We will get, I will get much more specific with all of these things. The striking, you know, foot strike controversy debate. Get more specific about that. All of these different things. But again, if you want specific numbers, if you want to know your running economy, if you're at that point, go to a lab. I use a Delphi lab in New York, uh, have over the years, we'll be going back. So colleges generally have uh, within their exercise science department, it's generally like $100, $150, depending on where you are. You can test so many different things. Those are the numbers. Those are what matter. And you have to have someone who knows what they're doing too, by the way, to run those um, tests as well. But there are, let me actually don't have this in my notes, but now they're selling home versions. And if you don't know how to set up the equipment, read the data, it's not that simple. So even though someone may have a mask, you can put that on you as you're running. Let me say this. I did exactly that when this technology came out. It doesn't need to be named. And the, the results I got were really inaccurate. And I knew that because I have data already. Um, but enough. All right. If you want to reach out, Tom H. Fit is Instagram, Twitter, fitnessdisrupted.com is the website. Please rate the show, subscribe to the show, and let me know what you want me to talk about. And let me know if you're like, hey, I disagree with you on this. I love that. And I have to back up everything I say. And I will. Because I have one goal. is helping you live your best life. And by the way, that is tied into helping myself live my best life. So everything I give you, I do myself. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
plus at these prices? You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.